0: Cracked with me as always is Mr. Brett Derrickson and I am Dr. Marcus Motor Chandler. Uh, Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe to our podcast, uh, and hit that subscribe button on YouTube. For those of you that have tuned in uh, for our previous episodes, thanks for joining us and thanks for the feedback. Um, Like all good educators, we took that feedback in stride and realized we had uh, to improve our audio quality, had to improve our, our, our video quality. So thank you for that feedback. I'm really excited to bring you a new and exciting episode today um, regarding teacher shortage and teacher turnover, which we're seeing nationwide right now, um, not only in our local state of Colorado, but uh, but across the country and in many cases in other countries as well.
1: Yeah, Dr. Motor Chandler and I see the world uh, through different lenses, and that includes education, but so- sometimes... Uh, we, we tend to agree with each other, so if, you, if we've got ideas that aren't, aren't working for your teachers, uh, families, kids, reach out and, and challenge our, our, our thinking. Uh, certainly, whatever's challenging those in the, in, the, in the classroom are also a part of our greater society, and we really want to hear from, from people who have different ideas, thoughts, and experiences. So please, get those comments going on the content uh, of the podcast as well.
0: And again, that you can find us at cracked. Uh, at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your ideas, comments. Um, so as always, we're going to start with some tales from the trenches, mm-hmm. but again, in, in, the, in the vein of this week's episode around uh, teacher sh- shortage and teacher turnover, um, Brett, I know we were talking the other day about kind of some of the things we've both been seeing in, in our schools and in our colleagues and, and friends we have in schools across across the country.
1: Yeah, you know, the, we're, we're terrified. We're yeah. <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter is is, is that in, in our time in education, both you and I have been in it long enough, but certainly in my uh, over two decades, uh, teaching was something that was super competitive. When I came out of college, uh, and, and I did very well academically, I had an extremely hard time uh, getting a job. Mm. Uh, the, the truth of the matter is I, I, I was a coach, I was highly qualified, and I took a long-term substitute position which then turned into a job offer, which was an INR contract, intended to not return for my second year. So I really had to work my way into uh, the profession. now uh, we're about ready to run out into the street and uh, put people in a white van and drive <laughs> them to our school. <laughs> uh, I hate to make such a, a callous joke about it, um, uh, Marcus, but the, the point of the matter is is that we're tr- really trying to advance what we offer kids in in their education, uh, their opportunities, and that means we're looking for experts. And right now, we're having a hard time finding people across the country and in our region as well. And we live in one of the best places uh, in the world, so
0: yeah, a- absolutely. I um, I know we talked about this I think a week ago, and there was an article in our our local newspaper and our, our local news organizations. Um, but the biggest school district in our region, um, and by all accounts, for other Uh, other districts in the country not as large as you know dallas independent Mm. or chicago Mm. which is a single school district Mm. but again the biggest school district in our region with five high schools and a variety of alternative uh, high schools as well to give you some context um, uh, in the middle of april i believe had 364 positions posted um, that have been posted the majority of the school year and obviously that's everything from from support staff custodians assistant coaches, but all the way up to like AP science teachers and, and those postings had just gone over and over and we've seen a bit about uh, a bit of that too in our own hiring processes. I mean, I remember just even before the pandemic, um, I was looking for a physics teacher and I had the job posted for, for two months in one of the highest paying districts in the region and, and it, for all intents and purposes, a great place to work. And I had five applicants and of those applicants, only two of them had science degrees and of those two, it was in life sciences. And, and for those of you in the science fields, uh, and for parents at home, you know your biology teacher for your student is very differently trained than uh, your physics teacher or even your earth science teacher. Just different educational backgrounds, um, different lab structures, different curriculum, and so it was it was really a challenge. And I happened to find a great second career guy from the military who was willing to do that, um, and, and that's really challenging. But we're seeing a lot more of that kind of everywhere. And I know you're in a hiring. Um, mode right now and during the summer you even had some summer movement
1: yeah absolutely i mean just to be really crystal clear about it it's july 6th <laughs> yeah. and uh you know i have my own children's school in the school district that uh dr Moore chandler is speaking about we're, we're talking about um a school district that is highlighted across the internet at my wife as a uh, as a realtor uh, people who are coming in say we they want to go to this school district we're, yeah. we're really we we really into that district. Yeah. Yes, we're talking about a prime place to live in the United States of America and there's no shortcut around it. At my kid's school though, they have three English teachers to hire on July 6th. Mm-hmm. Um pretty concerned about how that's going to affect uh, my kids. They have two math teachers they have to hire and my son has signed up for uh... american sign language and that job has been posted for six uh... weeks mm-hmm. it goes back to a fun little story we joke about it but mm-hmm. you and i have together as colleagues began and lived <laughs> through this process of teacher shortage i remember multiple, it at,
0: multiple cycles of teacher shortages mm-hmm.
1: yeah. right and we were we were in a, at a high school that offered german and should offer german mm-hmm. um, and the reason is is that we have a high military population a lot of our kids um, actually, have uh, parents that have immigrated from Germany, and they've definitely lived in Germany and learned the language. And as yeah. military kids, offering ger- uh, German at our school is a way of honoring diversity and, and culture and their their actual heritage. Well, do you remember how many like candidates we had to hire a German teacher, and yeah. and it was? And gosh,
0: I, did we look out? We we had, the, we had one applicant, and they, it was actually a stellar candidate. It was. Yeah. It wasn't.
1: Well, I think we're remembering it in hindsight. Yeah. The, the young man is is still there, and yeah. he's a phenomenal teacher. But the truth is, is, he came in in his dad's suit. It's a classic story, like right. you've seen on television. S- swimming in the suit, fresh swimming out of in the suit. Yeah. Uh, he no. No facial hair and didn't look like he was any any older than our our sophomores, and he spoke German and he was kind. Yeah, and that that got him a job. Turns out, turns out he's a wonderful teacher. But folks, that's that's what we're talking about. When we talk about AP physics or we talk about German, we everybody who's in education knows that those are positions we call hard to fill. Mm. But when a high school like I speak about in my neighborhood, where homes are are approximately eight hundred thousand dollars in average value, let's be clear and we're looking for three English teachers on July 6th, we've got a teacher shortage. Mm -hmm. And that's just what we're getting after today. Why is there a teacher shortage? Um, What do we do about it? What are the plays for schools? And what does this mean for communities?
0: Well, one of the things, and you mentioned this, Brett, is we've been in education long enough Um, in a variety of roles where this isn't our first teacher shortage cycle we lived through, um, during the great recession, Mm -hmm. um, we saw at one point an influx of teachers because jobs were short in private industry. Mm -hmm. And so you had these highly qualified people that had been working in private sector, um, that, uh, That no longer had job availability and so they went back and got a teaching credential or did an alternative license and came in and and, you know a lot of people with some really great uh, world experience and made great career and technical education teachers actually the the type of person you look for Um, but then once the economy started to recover those jobs came back and ultimately kind of nationally we saw that those private industry jobs where if you have a math degree or a science degree um, you could go back into private industry and, and make in many cases almost double what you'd be making as a public school teacher um and especially in colorado and our charter schools even substantially more because our charter schools typically pay less than our um than our k-12 public schools and so kind of seeing that influx that influx and then for the most part we were in a pretty good place in at least in colorado and in our region um i gosh i would say 2012 2013 2014 2015 16 17 you started to see um, strong economy, people going back into private sector, and then the pandemic hit, and, and we're kind of seeing that whiplash again of people just um, one moving jobs nationally, which we know is a trend, but then two just deciding to leave the ed- the profession altogether. Um, and, and I think we can both tell a hundred different stories about why people are just leaving the profession altogether and not just moving schools.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's, we're the ideal place, folks. We have four military bases. And a military academy in our region. If that helps you add up to where we're at, well, that re- what that means is that we actually do have forty-five to fifty-five-year-old people with unbelievable education uh, and ability to lead. Uh, they're not scared of young people. Yeah, that <laughs> we have troops to teachers and, and alternative licenses. We have every uh, we have a, a large university to to push out uh, young people who are interested in teaching professions. But what we've seen is an absolute nosedive prior to COVID. Where we can't even go to job fairs in our own state and fill our positions. At one time, I was told at a conference, so I don't want to cite it too clearly, but that one school district in 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 the Denver area, um, if you just took the teaching vacancies that they had, couldn't be filled by the number of graduates graduates in all of the universities in the entire state. In the yeah. entire state.
0: That's,
1: that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know. So so what's going on? What what happened to? Uh, you know, a two-teacher family and uh, living in a nice middle-class neighborhood and summer's off. Let's be, let's be totally clear. It's, it's summer right now. and It's, it's, it's why we're recording a <laughs> podcast in the summer. <laughs> it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I have gone for a walk with my wife, had several cups of coffee, worked out. It, it's, it's a beautiful uh, profession to have built-in breaks. It's a noble profession, and we're proud of what we do. And I, I was when I was 22 years old, I was when I was 40 years old, and now that I'm older than that and trying to hire teachers, I feel a bit like I'm selling what people are about to do for 30 years mm-hmm. in order to get them in. Why, in, in, in your experience as a principal and in your experience as a guidance counselor, and now as you have left the mm-hmm. K-12 school system to the university, what's going on?
0: Well, I, uh, some of it's, it's a timely question, um, actually, because I left the high school principalship um, actually all, uh, two years ago today. Actually, mm-hmm. that, that was that wasn't planned. I just mm-hmm. remembered in my head, it was July sixth. Happy anniversary! It. Yeah, happy anniversary! <laughs> your anniversary! I, a, a, and to be honest, I loved the job. Um, mm-hmm. It was a lot of hours, but I loved the job. It was meaningful work. I loved the kids. I loved the staff. I loved the community. Um, and I I ended up leaving for pers- personally because of my own leadership, Mm -hmm. uh, because of the, the leader I had at the time. Um, and, uh, and I, I've been hearing a lot of that from, uh, from, from young teachers, from veteran teachers, um, folks that have, I've seen a lot of folks retire early and in Colorado, kind of the magic number to retire is 30 years of service. And I've, I've seen a lot of veteran educators and friends in the last two years, retire at 28 years Mm -hmm. and retire at 29 years. So taking, uh, not an inconsequential hit, but, but a hit to their overall retirement benefit just because they're done. Some of it being the demands of how the classroom has changed after the pandemic um, and the demands are being placed on teachers. We already knew pre-pandemic was just increasing exponentially um, and then asking them to do all these things pre, or during the pandemic and post the pandemic. But one of the common themes I'm seeing uh, in listening to, to veteran educators and young educators who are just leaving the profession altogether retiring is leadership um, and, and not just like necessarily the building principle. Um, what's been really interesting is I've actually been hearing less complaints about building level leadership, hearing more that they've been awesome, been supportive kind of globally, friends in different states um, saying the same thing, but really concerns around uh, the district leadership. And, and in many cases, the failure of district leadership to guide them safely through some troubling times and uh, miscommunication or dishonesty in communication. And I mean, I'm not gonna name a district, but we had a district here in our own region who said for uh, an entire school year, COVID does not spread in schools. (laughs) And and we know scientifically, and as somebody who started off in a science field, that biological science doesn't add up. And so um, just not being treated as professionals. And so that's kind of been a theme I've been hearing too. But one of the other things I'm hearing is just the nature of the classroom has changed. And and kids have changed. The pandemic has can, changed.
1: Can, can I hold you for just a second at the, before we get into the classroom mm-hmm. about that district leadership uh, piece? You know the the school district that we're referencing uh, right now, it, and it's it's fine to s- to speak of it because. Uh, there are political movements Absolutely. all ac- all across the the country, folks. If you don't know, or kids, if you don't know, if you're listening, if you're interested, schools are ultimately run by school boards. Those are elected, elected officials, um, and as elected officials, they're they're in charge of significant things, mm-hmm. uh, curriculum, uh, budgets, uh, capital projects. You know, all all the things that um, make a school in a school district. Mm-hmm. Outside of instruction or the the immediate instruction, a school board is extraordinarily important. In in our school, uh, referring or the a school district my children go to, we've had a turnover in the school board, a real political movement, yeah, kind of a one eighty uh, in that district. Yeah, and you know, no no big deal uh, for me that you know being uh, politicized is is not something that that gets me going. At the end of the day, though, a move that they're making because they can't find the teachers. Mm-hmm. Is increasing the amount in secondary schools that teachers teach,
0: right? That's something they increased uh, the number of sections of classes actually taught and took away a plan period, right? Right,
1: right, and 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 I and that that being done in an economic sense. Like if, you, if you put together the dollars and cents, I have to explain this to my own children or, or wondering what's going on in their school district or wondering why their, their teachers did a, a one-day walkout mm-hmm. um, and trying to explain to them why I need them to care for their teachers. I mean, I've required my kids to send an email the day that they are out for that, thanking their teachers very and, and, mm-hmm. and personally. And the point of that fact is to simply just say there's people, the school board, politics aside, who are trying to make dollars and cents add up, it's really difficult. And they're they're, part of that is being able to have healthy salaries for teachers, but also have the teachers. They knew back when this happened that they were going to have 260 positions still to hire this summer, and they need teachers to teach more. But what's not known to the school district is that when you have a, a teacher who's a coach or an assistant coach, and teaches three or four classes, maybe a mixture of some higher-level classes and some mixture of some more uh, challenging classes that we've now begun to ask our teachers to do too much. Yeah,
0: and and I've heard and I've heard you say this, and I've heard some other folks say something very similar. Is um, it's your plate analogy. Is mm-hmm. you know what I can't take anything off your plate. All I can try to do is make your plate bigger. Mm-hmm. Meaning like we have to allocate time where we can. And, and I feel as administrators for the last several years, we've always been talking out of both sides of our mouth. Like, we want to value your time. We want to value your time. But because we have less people, we're having to ask fewer people to do more. Yeah. And, and uh, just pragmatically, I know we know many people um, just in the last several years, both both pre-pandemic and, and post-pandemic, who just looked pragmatically at the situation and said, OK, I have, uh, I'm, a, I'm a teacher that's been in my school district for eight years. So I, I'm, I'm still relatively young in my career, but I'm making okay money. Um, but I've been asked, instead of teaching you know, AP US history and AP government and, and geography and coaching, now I'm also being asked to have a fourth prep, lose a plan period. I can go international, make more money, only teach one or two preps, and my school calendar is less and my school day is shorter, and my own children will get uh, free tuition At the school I'm teaching at, that could be an international baccalaureate school, um, uh, a well-known international school. And so we've known several people that just pragmatically, even if they haven't left education, they've left American education.
1: Folks, I'll just say it straight out. I, I did that. You know, my wife I, and I, I, took did, our- I did as
0: well. I went, to, <laughs> I went to China and you went to Laos. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah we lived in, in the Democratic Republic of Laos. <laughs> <laughs> and we saved an entire teacher's salary mm-hmm. and we came back and bought a home that we would never be able to buy as, as teachers. And we, we got refreshed as teachers. Uh, I'm just going to say it, folks teaching kids that were, because of their own backgrounds, extraordinarily motivated to learn. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult to keep up with their level of commitment and intelligence. That was the biggest problem. Mm. Uh, I didn't uh, have. I don't think we had a disciplined system. We didn't have. We didn't have discipline. No, no. We did have to deal, of course, with academic misconduct yeah. uh, and different things. But right now, we're we're asking our, our teachers to deal with academic misconduct, mm. um, class classroom management, and social we, emotional needs of almost all students. Oh yes, yeah. we we discuss uh, suicide. We discuss um school safety the, the things that we talked about in prior episodes are part of this teacher shortage mm-hmm. who wants to walk uh into a, a school and worry about if they or their students are safe at the same time you're worried about making sure they have career pathways mm-hmm. and that they leave for post secondary education and, and and they're ready Or that your school has an excellent reputation and people want to come to your school district from your neighborhood or even outside your neighborhood. What we're talking about are pressures that impact whether or not teachers feel thrilled and excited and joyful about the career. And we're starting to see now an actual crisis. This is not a joke. We're talking about a crisis in the profession. Are public schools going uh, to survive? And, or are they just going to be play pens uh, for the daily economy?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that goes back to some of the things I've been hearing from a, a variety of teachers and even pre-service educators um, just nervous about how the, the classroom has changed. One, from how they experienced it when they were a student themselves, or even how it's changed for some of the students who started their internship or, or student teacher placement in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And seeing that the needs of students are, are everything you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I do want to cycle back to around why folks are leaving is a bit of a personal story for mm-hmm. me. So like I said, um, it's been about two years since I left the principalship, um, now working I- at the university, and I actually received an exit survey, an exit interview request by a third party that's investigating the previous school district I worked for. Um, and so to, to send an exit survey to staff that left two years ago is telling that people are worried because they need to figure out why people are leaving and try to address it. It's a little bit like trying to, you know, put the genie back in the bottle after two years because that's two years of staff that have left. Um, But hopefully it may address things long-term. But it's one of the things we were talking about the other day uh, over a drink was, um, we're seeing a lot of people retire and that also includes like veteran principals. And in our state, we've had the largest number of secondary um, uh, administration postings in the last 12 months that we have in the last decade. And it's because folks are retiring um, or typically when you're an administrator, you've got enough years of service that you can transition out of, out of public education. But the, the, the secondary consequence of that, the secondary consequence of that is that you're then needing to move up other educators to backfill those positions. And in many cases, what I'm seeing, and I know what you're seeing is we're seeing some very young educators move into administrative roles a couple years sooner than they typically would had you, we not had this this kind of mass retirement, mass resignation at the high end, and then what that does is that creates teacher shortages as well. So you're, you're not only creating teacher shortages from people leaving, you're, you're creating teacher shortages on the other end of the spectrum by promoting so many people to fill those leadership roles a little quicker than typical. And then that has a transitory effect in, uh, you know, a young, less experienced administrator now overseeing new educators as well. And when you're trying to learn the job, it's hard to – Always truly focus on on your team, on your teachers, and I'm guilty of that myself. Yeah,
1: and I'll, I'll explain that in a in a in a very very real situation. But I do want to say, if people are listening, if you're still tuned in, this is a community problem. Mm. Uh, if 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 people aren't interested in working in your schools, or if if they're not interested, if you're not happy and excited about the school district or schools that you have, uh, that is a community problem to solve and when we have a nationwide teacher shortage it's not schools are trying to solve their own problems but it is a reflection of our culture and our community what's wrong if we don't want people or if people aren't excited to do this job what's wrong in medical care when there's a a shortage in, in medical um, personnel and employees what people who don't want to work the night shift if you if you get sick right now we it's they're experiencing as well it's mm-hmm. difficult to get great care at 10 p.m., if, if you're sick, that's something I've experienced recently. Yeah. So what is it about our community and our communities need to address and get on board with? Like, folks, I'll just call it out. What are you doing to, to be excited about your school? Do you go to the Friday night football games? Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you tell teachers thank you as much as you tell teachers what your kid needs? Mm-hmm. Um but the, the point is, is to your, to your example, we have an administrative position open at our school. We're going to be interviewing it for next week. In this particular case, I'm not concerned at all. Mm. We have 20 candidates right now. I know 12 of them. Mm. I would hire three of them. We're going to be okay. Mm. The problem is, is that we have six teachers applying for the job from within our school. So why do six teachers want to move up into a position of disciplining students? Well, if I were to guess classroom-level burnout, (laughs) desire for a higher salary, Mm
0: -hmm. um, and what I would say from personal experience is uh,
1: a misunderstanding that the role is less stressful. Exactly. And I don't care about their misperception, Marcus. I care about the fact that four really great teachers, like teachers- Are ready to leave the classroom. Right. And they're the most important people. If I'm just going to say it straight out, and I, I, everybody's going to get a fair shot, we have really great hiring processes in education to make sure that they're ethical and that, that the processes are, are fulfilled and watched. But it's really going to be hard for me to hire a really great teacher to become uh, a dean of students because I know that an English teacher or a science teacher or a math teacher at the end of the day is better for your kids uh, than, than myself or, yeah, or the dean. Yeah, yeah,
0: that great teacher is interacting with 120 kids a day, 150 mm-hmm. kids a day and they move into administrative role and you become farther away you you get farther away from children and that was something i always struggled with as mm-hmm. an administrator is the farther i moved away from students even though i was making more systemic changes i felt like i was making less of a student level impact and so you're you're absolutely right as these folks are looking to to move up into these positions and inevitably what it's gonna, what's going to what's going to result is you're going to lose a great teacher fortunately you're keeping them in education but now the task is finding somebody to replace them, and that's based off the applicant pool. And, uh, and
1: I'll, I'll have the, f- the final word on that. We've got, to, we've got to wrap it up. My sons and my daughter know that I love teaching and I love coaching. My son asked me on, on holiday last week, he's like, Dad, when do you think you'll go back to teaching and coaching? Or when you retire from being an administrator, would you like to be a coach or a teacher? And I said, "Absolutely, I've never been happier." I have to tell you, though, honestly, son, I'm not sure I could teach anymore. Mm. And he's like, "Why? You're you're great with kids." I'm like, "Because it's so hard." Because we ask teachers to do it is. so much. Yeah, it absolutely. is. I, and I and I'm not. I don't mm. use the plate analogy because, as you know, my motto is clarity is kindness. Mm. But I absolutely do tell people I'm going to need them to do more if we're going to provide for our students. The teachers, the team that we have, mm-hmm. is going to have to do some Mighty Ducks kind of stuff. I'm getting really worn out on asking my teaching staff to be the Mighty Ducks every day. Yeah,
0: every every single day. Yeah. So, well, that's it's kind of going to be an ongoing topic mm-hmm. for us because we know this isn't going away anytime soon. And and when we're not enrolling uh, students in our teacher education preparation programs for the undergraduate classes, um, if we're not enrolling them as freshmen this fall. We're going to see that problem in four years. Yeah. And so there's not uh, enrollment in teacher education programs is down right now for incoming freshmen nationwide. And and we know we're not gonna see that impact in a classroom for another four years. So this isn't something that's gonna be resolved once we kind of phase out of the pandemic. This is going to be something that's gonna be a generational issue for us in public education. And so um, in our follow-up episode, we're gonna be talking about uh, teacher recruitment. How do you get those good people in knowing we have to fill those positions and then teacher retention. Once you've got somebody great, how do you keep them? Um, And so that's something I know we've spent a lot of time talking about over the years. And it's something kind of always at the back of our minds. So
1: absolutely, and I say families tune in, mm-hmm. moms, dads, if you have kids or you're planning on having kids, if you own a home or if you're renting a home or you care about your community, that episode is for you because um, it's a community issue. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's an American cultural issue uh, as well. And uh, I can't wait to share a story about a teaching couple that I met in Ireland on on holiday when we went to to teacher retention. But what I can tell you is that. We got to step up and and make sure our kids have the the brightest, most enthusiastic, most caring people in front of them. Absolutely. So as always, send
0: us your thoughts, your comments. What are you seeing in your schools? Parents, what are you seeing with your student teachers, uh, your students' teachers in regard to teacher turnover? Um, Send us your thoughts at schoolhousecracked at gmail.com. Like and subscribe subscribe to us on YouTube. And be sure to download the podcasts on all the variety of podcasts platforms. Thank you again for tuning in to Schoolhouse Cracked. As always, with me was Mr. Brett Derrickson. I'm Dr. Marcus Motor Chandler. We'll see you again in our next episode.